Hey, this is Ali Ballas, and I am a victim of the 2020 lockdown. All joking aside, I just want to hang, and I've heard a lot of people saying the same, and sometimes with people who I don't even know. And as we've come to realize, that is not okay during a pandemic. Even though we can't meet in person, doesn't mean we can't get outside of our bubble. This is about learning new things, stepping outside, and all while staying home. Just because we can't hang, there still can't hang. This week on Can't Hang, I speak with Emily Reed, a Canadian West Coast native who is currently living in the heart of country music, Nashville, Tennessee. You likely know Emily from her hit songs on country radio, Good Time Being a Woman, Stay Golden, and my personal favorite, wine. She is an absolute sweetheart and we get to talking about her songwriting process, how the pandemic has impacted the music industry, and where she gets her inspiration from. But most importantly, we talk about her incredible style. And now it is my pleasure to introduce you to Emily Reed, the Magnificent Musician. So coming to us all the way from the heart of country music in Nashville, Tennessee is Emily Reed. So welcome, Emily. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. So I hope you had um, a great Thanksgiving and I hope and we're heading into the holidays now. So you're a good Canadian girl, though. So you don't celebrate that. You celebrated early with us, I imagine. But uh, uh, I get both. I get I get both Thanksgivings, which you is get pretty the double. <laughs> Although it's kind of hard on my waistline after a while. I'm like, mm-hmm. I cannot eat any more pie. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I always forget how late American Thanksgiving is because then it goes right in. Like, I feel like we're already at Christmas. Like, I feel like this is like, not good for my, um, <laughs> yeah, my health. <laughs> yeah, my body health. <laughs> Yeah, December just kind of ends up being one big party, which is so fun. And even in lockdown, you know, it's like, what else are we going to do but eat more pie? (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. It's so good, but so bad. Um, But we'll get right into it. So you have like an already like cool career, even though you're so young still. Um, That's so nice of you to say that. (laughs) Oh, yes, of course. Um, And it's obviously so nice always to see Canadian people doing great things so we'll start from the beginning um so growing up like how did you become the songwriter and musician that you are today like what really inspired you to get started with that so I um I grew up in Victoria BC which is like one of the most idyllic places to grow up yeah you only only kind of notice that when you go back home to visit after you've lived other places and you're like why did I take this for granted (laughs) um but I sort of always I feel like it was kind of my gift when I was young, like I didn't really have, um, awareness of my own feelings or emotions or how to process them. And songs was sort of always how I got things out. And so when I was little, like probably four or five, when I was learning to write, I would like write poems on construction paper <laughs> and like play, play on the piano and fold them up and put them in my bookcase. And my dad would find them and always tell me like, Oh, Emily, these are really good. You should, you should keep doing this. And so I would just kind of get lost in writing songs. Um, and as kind of life got more difficult, you're going through middle school, you're going through high school. I sometimes wouldn't even know what I was writing, but really it was like, Oh, upon reflection, man, those are some really deep, insightful thoughts about what I was going through. And I never, 
you know, I always had dreams of this stage because I also simultaneously just like loved performing and was in general an absolute attention freak my entire life. <laughs> and so performing and songwriting kind of coincided and I didn't, I didn't have huge aspirations to do it professionally, but um, once I kind of was entering in, you know, at late grade 11, grade 12, I was like, man, there's nothing else I'm as passionate about as music. And so I sort of decided that like, if I could give it a real shot, I would. Mm -hmm. And so we found this um, university in the back of Rolling Stone magazine. My dad found it called Belmont University. And I, um, I moved down there. I literally knew no one. And I thought Nashville was going to be like, it was kind of ignorant of me, like tumbleweeds and hay in their mouth. And they're like, I just thought it was going to be such a different experience. And I got there and that's, that's kind of when I realized that, you know, people had similar dreams as I did. Um, and that's, that's when I started taking it more seriously. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. And I think that that's something that you're right as someone removed from that situation. Like, I don't know what Nashville's like. I'd love to go, but like, I don't know anything about it. And probably it was just like a stark difference between what you thought you were going into versus what it's really like. So there's, you're obviously just surrounded. I feel like it's in similar, getting similar to LA in that sense where you're just around these like really ambitious people and you got to bring your, bring your A game. Right. You really do. And I feel um, like I tend to make really big decisions in my life without even thinking about them. Like it's just such a gut reaction mm-hmm. when I do big things. And so I didn't think through what it was going to be like living in Nashville, being like a West Coast Canadian girl. And so it was um, it was really tough. But the, the, the coolest part is that I met so many like minded people who mm-hmm. were also dreamers and creatives and wanted to kind of make the impossible happen. So that was just so inspiring as a young, young songwriter. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in this process, I'm sure you were kind of taking your own inspiration from like an internal perspective, but who was your greatest inspiration musically, or who was your inspiration to kind of embark on this journey? Who did, did you kind of try to, you know, I, there were, there were, there were, there were a handful. I, the, um, the first concert I ever went to, which should have been the Backstreet Boys. That was my second concert, <laughs> but my mom took me to a Jan Arden concert when I was Ooh. young and she just had this way of combining comedy and music and personality in a performance and show. And it was so unbelievably effortless. And I remember catching that bug of like, Oh, I want to do this. Um, and then Chantal Kraviatic was another big one. Sarah McLaughlin, like a lot of Canadian artists I was super inspired by. And then the biggest one was Feist. Um, I remember like seeing that one, two, three, four song on this Apple commercial mm-hmm. and watching her career just blow up overnight and thinking, man, she is so freaking cool. I want to be like her. <laughs> so it was a lot of pretty heavily Canadian influenced career. And then as I started to like listen to like a wider breadth of music, I was just kind of kind of obsessed with watching TV shows, finding the soundtrack, illegally downloading when it was used to be cool, which now is just the worst thing you could possibly do. And I should go back and pay for everything I illegally downloaded. Yeah. Um, But I would just like find all this stuff and just listen, 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 and, and just got absorbed with so many different artists and inspired by so much, like everything from country to hip hop, sort of like just, just sort of getting everything in my, in my psyche. So, um, yeah, kind of a wide, wide array of influences. Yeah. And 
I think you can see that. Sorry to interrupt. I think you could see that in your music though, because it is, I mean, country music is kind of taking that turn anyway, um, Mm -hmm. from more traditional to more like kind of crossing genres, which I love. Yeah, I love it too. It's so cool. And so I think you can really see that in your music specifically though, that there's sort of like just so much um, influence from other areas than country music specifically. Yeah, totally. And I feel like my intro into country music was really just because I loved writing songs. And as I learned about the craft of writing songs and like, there's no better genre than country music to tell a story. Mm -hmm. So that really pulled me to country. Yeah, I'm glad you say that you were inspired by Canadian musicians because just the other week, the American Music Awards was on and I found it so interesting that like all the top performers, all the top winners, all the top people that were there um, were Canadians. And I was like, oh, it's so, it's so amazing. Yeah, it is so great. And like people kind of like sometimes brush off like, oh, Canadian town, like, oh, they're cool and like cute and Canadian. Like, that's great. You can like be over there, but like, no, like these Canadians are like on the top of the game. So like, I feel like this is the perfect time for you to be like hiding right in there. (laughs) Yeah. And it's something to be super proud of. Like I, I look at, um, you know, even the the government programs in place, they, to help support creative people, um, it's unlike anything else, you know, America doesn't have any of that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. they really foster this, um, creative spirit, which I find so inspiring. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So obviously you're living in Nashville. Uh, what's your day-to-day as a musician, as someone who is not musically inclined at all? I always have this like wonder of like, what do you guys do on a daily basis? Is it always, or on a daily basis, I should say, is it always like creating music or like, where do you kind of draw your inspiration from on like the mon- monotony of just like life? You know, that's such a great question. And obviously the pandemic has changed so much mm-hmm. um, for me and my life because it's like a healthy mix of uh, writing songs every day, you know, three or four times a week used to be like more like five or six times a week. Now it's less. And then also it'd be playing shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. So my pandemic has been more alone, writing songs on Zoom, um, learning how to produce myself, which has been really empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just like normal life, go to the gym or well, not go to the gym. I work out in my backyard and, um, you know, watch shows and do normal stuff. But like the meat of my day is usually making music. Okay. That's awesome. That's really cool. And I feel like that's something that like, I can't even think of, like, it, it would be so hard for me. Like I just have such a, um, respect for songwriters. So I guess oh. kudos to you because I just, oh my God, that seems like the hardest And I can barely do it. I hate it. I hate it so much sometimes. Like it's, it's, it's impossible sometimes to have discipline to do it. And it can be kind of discouraging in moments where you, you know what it feels like to write a great song and you're in the moment writing one that isn't as good as the other one. And it's just, it's a lot of psychological games that you have to play with yourself. For sure. And I guess just such a rich understanding of music too. Like I, when you hear new songs on the radio and and like yours or um, like any type of radio and I'm like, oh wow, this is such a great song. Like how has this not been made before like it's just so crazy that there's all these new sounds and and new lyrics always being created like how 
can this just spark from all of these incredible people? It's wild to me. It is. It is wild. And it's a super, like, I just have so much respect for anyone doing it professionally Mm -hmm. and like able to make a living at it. I just think you go, you beat some kind of odd and it's just, it's, it's phenomenal. No matter what kind of music you make, the ability to do it professionally is like, I just have so much respect. Yeah, absolutely. So over the quarantine, I know you've had some music come out. So can you kind of talk about that process? Like, have you been in the studio or is it more like Taylor Swift folklore style, like doing it at home? Well, those two songs I just released, um, Stay Golden, California King, were songs I had actually recorded like a year ago. Oh, wow. And um, they were done and we had just been sort of sitting on them. And, you know, the pandemic kind of hit me at an unfortunate time because I had such a big summer of playing shows and was really, you know, I I felt like there was a lot of momentum behind Mm -hmm. what was about to happen. And so that kind of took a sideline. And I... I looked at those two songs and felt like, oh man, there's such a story behind it, especially Stay Golden. It felt like I really wanted to put sort of a positive message out into the world, mm-hmm. um, especially during this time. So we kind of, I decided like, yeah, I'd really love to release those. And we came up with a plan and just put them out into the world. That's amazing. They're such good songs. So I'm glad you did put them out in the world because we said the yeah, I'm so I'm it, it's such a funny thing releasing music because like obviously these songs are so old to me and I'm like a little bit over them in a sense, <laughs> but at the same time they've like no one else has heard them. So it's like it's it's both ex- it's it can be really exciting. Mm-hmm. In the spring slash summer, uh, you guys did uh, the Rec Laws and yourself and someone else, I forget, did a concert at my university. It was via Zoom, obviously, but um, I go. Oh, to, yeah, I went no, to Western. Western. Yeah. Oh, love. Um, yeah. So we obviously watched it, and it was like all great and everything. Um, but you performed one of my favorite songs, "Wine." Oh um, yeah, I'm obsessed yeah. with that song. It's so clever. This is what I mean by clever lyrics. Like, how do you like? That's just so cool. Yeah, that song. Um, I actually didn't write that, but I heard it. I was in my first like pitch meeting as an artist. Like, like these publishers kind of came through and pitched songs to me to record and that one I was like who was smart enough to write that mm-hmm. and it just felt like the the kind of people that I'm like you know connecting with like my girls I was like this song is so freaking good I have to I have to put this out yeah. and it was it was so fun I don't know if you've seen the video but it was so fun making the video for that mm-hmm. um and oh just seeing people react to that and just being able to provide people with a little bit of joy is so nice yeah it's such a fun song and another like honorable mention favorite song is um we listen to this we have a big like girl group um of friends and we listened to this I think it was either last summer probably on like repeat good time being a woman um, oh love that like we listen to it all the time and like we're all like girl power or whatever so girl power. um oh, I, so love I love that song but that's was such a big song for you I feel like Yeah, that one was kind of like my first, when I signed my record deal, that was my first like major label single. It was like the biggest thing I was about to embark on. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people were like, Emily, that's a really bold thing to say. Don't you want to play it kind of safe? You know, especially in the zeitgeist of women, the women's movement. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, man, no, we need to celebrate who we are and like have some joy behind this. And so it was kind of a bold first song and it didn't do as well as people had hoped it would. But for me, it was, it it felt really important and I was so happy and thankful to put it out. Yeah. I love that you 
I love that story. That's so cool. Um, and yeah. I love that you were just like, yeah, no, like this is what we're doing. This what we're doing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I love yeah. that moment. So yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like uh, whether or not people feel it is a good time, like it's about time that it should be, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. And, um, next, um, like cool thing. I'm just going to keep like pumping your tires I, here. I love it. I um, need it. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Everyone needs a good tire pump once in a while. Oh, so, oh, yeah. um, my sister and I, we both went to Western. We're very close in age. So we're 22 and 23. Um, yeah. we're obsessed with your outfits, like all the time, oh, my God. Love, like the cool, um, like cool chill girl, like, you know, like, Oh, love like, that. Oh, love it. Yeah. We like, um, I think it's one of like your song covers or something like a hoodie and shorts on. And oh like, yeah. That's- this is our summer inspo. Like that's it. Oh my God. That, that like couldn't make me happier. I'm, that, I'm obsessed with that. I, I stumbled into, I was like, I just want to wear crop tops. Cause I like, mm-hmm. just like, I love wearing crop tops. And then <laughs> I found the hoodie and the short combo. And I was like, I'm going to wear this as much as I possibly can. Cause it makes me so happy. Yeah. And so I kind of, I might've overdone it, but I actually don't think I did. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. I like, I'm so into like, I feel like there's like, two types and I feel like you seem similar too. like I'm either like full on glam like there's no like yes like full glam like full makeup full make whatever outfit good to go or like chill not really glam at all but like still oh my god still without oh, yeah 100 yeah. I have I, I literally have two speeds either I'm in workout gear or I'm ready to freaking go yeah but either way it's like just different totally different vibes but like yep. still so good I love that <laughs> amazing so um moving on a bit to like the effect of the pandemic I know you touched on this a bit earlier but um how has this kind of shifted the way you'd have to you know write music and, and connect with fans in a way that you're not able to with like in-person shows. And I know that's something that everyone's really missing, but it has to be a challenge on your end too. Yeah. I think it's, it's, um, it's, it, at first it was so sad, like the grief of losing, you know, the the best part of it all, which is Mm -hmm. playing shows and getting to meet people. Um, and then, and being such an extrovert, having to, get creative and become sort of more introverted. And I think I've channeled a lot of that energy into learning how to produce, like making the actual music, the tracks from scratch, because I've often relied on other people for that. So I've been pouring myself into sort of more tech, the more technical aspect of music um, and like recording my own vocals and learning how to record guitars and, and do all that kind of stuff. And so it's been a real adjustment. And I don't think, I think a lot of people have done it really, really well. I think I have, I've struggled quite a bit. Um, but, you know, I tried to do some live streaming shows and it just wasn't the same. And, mm-hmm. and I try like to not beat myself up, up for that, but, you know, I try to stay present online and just keep on creating music and trusting that it will get back to normal. And I think when it does, it's going to be kind of bigger and better than ever because people, you, you kind of have stopped to take it, stopped taking it for granted. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just, I'm just bearing down and getting ready for the next, next iteration of the world. Yeah. That's the perfect time though, to, you know, when you can't be doing these live shows and you can't be going on tour and you can't be doing all these things to really hone in on your skills that you honestly yeah. might not have learned otherwise. No, I would have never, I would never have learned how to do this. And it makes it just, I think it's helping me become like a more well-rounded songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's just like, obviously, I'm not going to speak for you, but it's also just like an appreciation of the people that do that. And they're oh, so yeah. incredible at it. Um, mm. Just being like humbled by that. I'm sure um, it's not smooth sailing right from the start. Uh, oh, it's so impossible. Learning new things is so hard. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but has the pandemic specifically given you any like song in- inspiration or is it just kind of given you more time to write songs. Yeah, I think it's just, I think it's given me more time. Like if there, I say this about my husband, like it's like, it's given us more time to fight to the finish. Like Mm -hmm. it's, if you have the idea, you have as much time as you want to get it as right as you want it to. And so that can be really awesome and then really hard. Um, But I, I just feel like the inspiration level is the same. It's just, I have more time to finish things, which is such a blessing. That's awesome. And it it obviously is going to hopefully make your music not that it needs to be better but obviously you're gonna find this like new level or this new yeah um, yeah couldn't have found before like there just wasn't enough time in a day and I think the appreciation of that in like any industry right now uh, I think is so important for us to realize yeah I do think everyone as a whole everyone's having just a chance to slow down and figure out what's important and I think that's hard but what an amazing thing to be doing yeah absolutely so I guess we're approaching 2021 pretty quickly and uh what is the future for you or like what is on tap in the new year or in the next few months type of thing You know, I don't, it's it's such a tricky question because it all depends on what happens with the world coming back. But I, um, you know, I really just want to continue to put out music and get closer and closer to like a super duper authentic version of myself and, you know, hoping to to keep connecting with fans and just growing this thing that I love so much. Um, And so it'll be a lot more of the same. And then also like also continuing my writing career, like outside of my artist stuff, hoping to keep writing for other people and um, just sharpening my craft and hopefully getting more cuts, which would be super duper amazing. And just, just keep on doing more of the same. Yeah, no, it's obviously working for you. So that's a good plan. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of the um, show portion and obviously like the the interview portion, but I always do like a a rapid fire round of questions at the end, uh, just kind of to get to know you more. And obviously you don't know the questions, so we're getting the most authentic. Oh my God, I'm nervous, I'm nervous. (laughs) Don't be nervous. It's not hard, I don't think. Um, Okay, good. So my first question is that I ask every single one of my guests, if you could hang with any five people, who would it be? So kind of like a quarantine-esque hang. Who would be my quarantine-esque hang? Okay. Brene Brown, Glennon Doyle, Michelle Obama, um, JVN from Queer Eye. Oh, yeah. And then my dad. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's such a, like, inspirational group. I feel like you're going to do incredible things with that group. I feel like with that group, we could really, really change the world. Yeah, for sure. You got a good mix there. Um, so I don't know if you're a big binge girl. I'm not a huge binger, but I I do love my Netflix. Uh, so what show are you binging right now? Okay. The crown. Mm -hmm. What just finished that one. And then Queens Gambit as well. Unbelievable show. Okay. Have you finished it yet? I just finished it. Okay, I just finished it last night too. Oh, oh god! She she, des- she deserves an Oscar for her performance. Oh I god. thought she was unbelievable, incredible. Like that was one of the most incredible shows I've ever watched. Like I'm obviously a big media person and like love yeah. filmmaking and like the like 
the filmmaking and like the cinematography, which is like With, so yeah. nerdy of me to say. No, the like, colors, so everything good. for outfits. Like, oh, it was so good. Obsessed. Yeah. I've, I don't know if I've seen like a better done show in terms of like story and everything just coming together. It was just, wow. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So good. I'm so glad you watched that. Um, yeah. So I always like to kind of take a positive spin on things. So obviously there's been a lot of negatives from COVID-19, uh, but what has been your pause, favorite positive outcome um, of the whole lockdown COVID-19 pandemic? You know, I think the biggest positive is that I've gotten to spend so much time with my husband and typically we don't get to spend hardly any time together. So we've just gotten to really nest and be with each other. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Yeah. Um, Okay. These are like very personal to you. So what is your favorite song to perform that is not your own? Oh my God. I love doing, um, any man of mine, Shania Twain Mm -hmm. (laughs) just goes, it goes off. It's so so good. (laughs) Okay. Um, and then on the flip side of that, what is your favorite song to perform that is your own? I like good time being a woman. I feel like it's so, it's just so fun. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's just like, it puts everyone in a good mood. Like there's no way you could be not smiling singing that song. (laughs) Totally. I totally agree. Just bopping around. Um, (laughs) Just bopping around. Yeah. So, okay. I have two more questions. Um, What is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve. Oh, I hope this doesn't offend people, but I just, I don't like it when people put are, do you have a dog? No, I don't. Okay. When people put outfits on dogs, I just don't like it. <laughs> it just doesn't make really like sense to me. Either. I just think it's I'm rude. Not, I'm, I'm like, a does, dog. did you ask the dog permission? Does the dog want to wear a set outfit? You know, like, are they comfortable, uncomfortable? Yeah, I don't like it. And like, also it's just sometimes like, odd. like, like people are like, Oh, I need to put a coat on my dog. And I'm like, no, no. your dog has fur. Yeah. It doesn't need a coat. It doesn't need a coat. Like it's fine. Yeah, yeah no. Totally agree. And that's someone that I haven't heard before, but I agree. Yeah. I'm not, not a fan. (laughs) Fair. Um, so last question for you. I feel like this is a fun one who, if you could collaborate with anyone on a song or an album or, or whatever you're choosing, um, who would be your dream collaboration? I think for sure. Casey Musgrave. She is the coolest, saddest, bestest chick in the whole wide world. Mm. She is. I love she that is. answer. She's, She's the ultimate. Such a queen. Like she is such a queen. Everything. Mm, so yeah, good. I know. Just head to toe perfection. Oh yeah. So good. And I feel like she started like so humble. And then now she's just like this butterfly that just came out of her. Like, yeah. And she, she was knows, always great. She knows, her, like, she knows her self-worth. Yeah. She just does what she wants to do. And I'm just, I'm, I, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love that answer. Um, So Emily, it was so fabulous talking to you today. I'm so glad you could find the time um, in your, I'm sure, still hectic schedule um, to speak with me. And I'm sure uh, everyone will love our conversation. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And it's so great what you're doing. and, And thank you for having me on. I'm Alia Ballas, and you have been listening to Can't Hang. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved today's show, please subscribe and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. Visit canhang.simplecast.com to check out all the incredible people I've interviewed and who's coming soon. 
Much love goes out to all those who have been posting about Can't Hang on social. Please tag me in your posts at Can't Hang Pod, and please continue to send me suggestions of who you'd love to see in future episodes. I have an incredible lineup, but I'm always looking for people outside my bubble. Please tune in next Thursday and hang with me and my next guest. This show is produced by me, Alia Ballas, and the music was created by Quan. Quan.